Welcome to Bash University Live. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Glad you're hanging out with us. We're going to have fun today. Um, I, I've asked Jocelyn to go into the back room and get all the stuff from, uh, from various sponsors. We're going to be giving it away today. We've got TH Marine products. We've got Cortland Line. I saw some Rapala t-shirts. All kinds of goodies. Hummingbird, Minn Kota hats. Yes. Yes, we're giving all that stuff away today, guys. Uh, so glad you're hanging out with us. We're going to be counting them down. Um, our top 10 seminars from Bash University this year um, is what we're going to – we do this every year, and it's it's always surprising to me uh, what, what are the most viewed, Rich, but uh, this this year's list is, is a killer, and I'm glad we're going through it because if you haven't watched any of these yet, you need to go back and do it, but uh, it's a great list. Yeah, it really is. And one of the cool things that we see over the years for BashU is, you know, we 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 see the the guys that just stay steady as far as the most views. You know, your mm. your Gerald Swindles, your Ikes, your Hackneys. Mm. But then you get these new guys that start popping into the list with us that that we knew have been great instructors and are are mega champions. But you get some new fresh names like the Keith Combs is popping in there. Mm -hmm. The young guys like Jay Shakur making the top 10 list. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to go through the top 10 seminars from 2023. Merry Christmas with that hat. You're looking good. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot I was wearing it. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys. I have, um, are ready for the holidays. I'm almost ready to start my Christmas shopping. <laughs> Not quite yet. We're getting close. Got a few more days. Few yeah. More days, got yeah. a few more days. That is just terrible. <laughs> that is just terrible. <laughs> I have like all my Christmas shopping done in October. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, what's exciting for me this year is I always, now Jake's at school. He's not listening right now. <laughs> Hopefully he won't hear it in the broad rebroadcast, but, uh, I usually buy him a lot of different stuff. You know, he's into video games, this and that. Really, he's getting into fishing now. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun shopping, shopping for him for for fishing stuff. Right, right. And and it's been awesome. Um, I've uh I've got I got a request from one of uh, the fathers the of the kids that he fishes with that he doesn't know anything about fishing. Right, right. So he's like, can you help me out, man? Like, uh, you know, I've got a th- this is my budget, and I want to get my son some stuff, but I have no idea. Uh, what to do and um you know so i was it was cool you know being able to put thing get back to that moment when you started fishing right you know what i mean what what are the first baits you're stocking your box with man you know what was the sorry right, i got a question That's i'll a go question. go around the, the panel here start with the young guy justin you when you were at pond hopping or whatever going to little small lakes and you know all you had was a bicycle or you were walking what were the what was like the the the, the must have baits in your pocket? What was like the go to? Sweet beavers. Okay, <laughs> that's advanced for a first yeah. bait. So, well, I mean, I was fortunate enough to. I really didn't start bass fishing when I till I was probably like ten, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be out in a boat. Right. So when I first started, I learned how to flip grass, pick apart grass on the flats. And, uh, so sweet beaver was, was my go-to when I was younger. Um, and obviously a jig, sweet beaver and a jig, man. I could get a lot done with those two. Wow. What a way to start. Like 
I now, didn't, we, now we know why he can't put the jig down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys get it now. I didn't start that way when I ordered yeah, for yeah. for this young man. Um, you know, you of course you guys can all guess the first bait that's got to go in the box. Sanko, gotta be right, right, right. A beginner, uh, you know, new new kid to the sport. It's got to be a stick bait. Yeah, and uh, the uh, what were some of the other like? Because you, I wanted to you know be comprehensive you know a, a spinner bait you need you need to have one of those mm-hmm. a chatter bait i think is it was a key one need to have a crank bait and i picked the dt6 yeah it's a great all-around you can fish it from the bank and fish it from a boat um now i also got top water happen to know that they they love throwing those whopper ploppers right. Right. i was just right. gonna say Jake. that whopper plopper <laughs> yes. like the name. yep yep so um those were some of the 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 beginning baits he's uh you know I ordered for this young man so he's going to get all that under the tree but I had fun shopping for Jake too Jake's a little bit more advanced so you know trying to find some stuff that's really cool that we want to want to try and don't tell anybody but I I got them cubes the cubes I got the I got the catfish killers yeah fish killers wow I got the hairy Uh-oh. cube epic yeah. Eric epic Eric said he started with a jelly worm a beetle yes popper and a grub talking early 70s brother that's what he's brother with. <laughs> that's awesome I think Justin added in that <laughs> I like that the hula popper was such a that was such a big deal it was every tackle store because that's all you could get baits at when him and I were young, which was back in the 1700s, the uh, the tackle stores like that's where you get your tackle, and and the whole popper was was on the shelf. The other one that was on the shelf, and this was what I caught my very first bass on, was the Rapala floating minnow. So many yeah. people say that, yeah. and yeah. I and I'm like, I thought that was my story, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but so many people have caught their first bass with that, and and that was a big deal. Um, you know, and it was available. You'd see it everywhere at the mom and pops, the Kmart's. Yeah. Um, if you guys remember what that store is. That floating minnow, that was that was definitely in that was hard to carry in the pocket if you didn't have a tackle yeah. box. Yeah. So my my pond baits or my walking around riding the bike bait, it was actually pretty it was um purple uh Berkeley Power Worms. The, yes. not, they're not technically purple. The red shad color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Berkeley Power Worms with a with a uh, the spinny thing, a split shot. You know, you, you turn the you turn around, you get your, <laughs> uh, yeah. your four hey. different sizes of split shot. The split shot dispenser, and you put the you put the, <laughs> the 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 offset worm hooks right in the power bait pack. Put it in your pocket. You can go weightless, fish it on top. You can mm. put weight on it and drag it. You can swim it through the water. But yeah, it was a red shad Berkeley Power Worm. Speaking That's about putting bait. like treble hooks and and exposed hooks in your pocket i can't tell you how many times in like middle school i'd be sitting in class and i'd have like a slider head stuck in my sweatpants that, <laughs> that like, didn't make it through like you know i forgot about it yeah. it happened to me went, so many went times. through the wash yeah it went through the wash i got a slider head and like uh old repolic jerk bait <laughs> in my pocket and i didn't realize till i'd be at school good stuff man that's that's how many how many of you have had a slider head stuck in your right. pocket? Yeah, I, <laughs> yep. That the best one was the wash. Like uh, you know, when my mom would be doing the wash and she would reach into my pocket 
and find a, like a jelly worm. Yeah. And you could hear the scream echoing throughout the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just a snake. Yeah. Like, what the heck is in this pocket? Some of our subscribers are chiming in with this here. Cajun Rob says that his was a man's jelly worm and a snagless yeah. Sally. Shout out to a snagless Sally, by the way. That's an old school bait right that, there. And that's perfect for Cajun. Yeah. You're throwing down that part Seriously. of the country. We got Howie Range. It was a MEP spinner. Um, Coach is saying that it was a cream green worm. And uh, Cajun Rob said that he also caught his first five-pound bass on a rebel jointed minnow. And that's what yes. he was I really feel five pounder will get you different sweet beaver being my, my that, dude. That's, that's that's like what you get to when you're in the tournament game, man. That's <laughs> well, that's, that's not a beginner bait. Like you got, yeah. you got, you learned flipping and pitching and you set the hook, you know, yeah. flipping a beef one time and you're like, I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah, that was, that's funny. Well, um, I will, I, it's the holidays guys. And I've got my four recipients, Santa Pete, is giving away some gifts right now. Uh-oh. And they're coming away to to the to the first four guys that that've been on the IM board that we that we use. Cajun Rob, Cajun Rob, Howie, Coach and Epic Eric. Oh, let's go. We're giving all of you guys something. What do we Can you repeat that again? <laughs> I have it right, right down there. Coach Cajun <laughs> and Howie. Merry Christmas, Epic. guys. Epic. Happy holidays. We got it. Jocelyn's picking your gifts. Yeah. Do you want a secret? You want to tell them what they're getting, or let's. See. It'll be a surprise. It'll be, it'll a, surprise. be a, it'll be a surprise. It's going to be something, awesome. something the good. Spirit of Christmas. Yes. Thank you. Now I'm giving you guys these gifts. Now, what? I I vividly remember the absolute best fishing gift I ever received. I mean, I mean it. It changed my whole world. Changed my life. Uh, what was yours? Must what was yours? I'm gonna tell you what mine was right now. I want to know yours. I was gonna say, it must have been the plaque I got you last year. <laughs> that was very nice. <laughs> the Pete's all wet plaque with the Spotify song. Uh, I think I might be able to guess yours, and I think mine might be the same. Whoa, uh oh, do you want to guess? Is it a trolling motor? No. That would have been a great one, though. Okay. It's, it's better yeah, than that. Right. That's a great one. It was the trolling motor when I got it. It's crazy to say this. I was in college when I got my first trolling motor. Yeah. And, uh, that was a game changer, dude. Oh, that yeah. was a game changer. I was like, I well, agree with I'm you. ready to go out in the ocean. Like, well, did, was that gifted to you? It was gifted to me. How did, was it a birthday? It was, was kind of like, a, I, I had bought a little, a little like 10 or eight foot John boat. And like, I was just using it, paddling around and. My dad surprised me. Actually, my dad, like one of his friends gave him like an old trolling motor that he found in his garage. And then my dad surprised me with it. And I threw it on this little, this little John boat and had a, you know, small little car battery to it and all. And, but that was a game changer. That was like, that was the deal. That's awesome. You know, I know, I know. I, I got my trolling motor the same kind of way. And it was a 17 pound thrust. Yeah. Minkota. Yep. Exactly. It was awesome. It gave me, I was able to borrow boats, but that, and that was great. But my absolute best gift ever uh, came out of the blue. Uh, we were, uh, we had a split level house where I grew up in, in Maryland, uh, right on the banks of the Potomac. We never fished the Potomac, oddly enough, <laughs> rarely. But um, the, uh, you know, me and my brother were upstairs 
and you come downstairs to split level where our living room was and, and just out of the blue out of the blue the dad says boys come on down here i'm thinking oh man what did my brother do now <laughs> like we're we're gonna get clobbered for something you know and we kind of ignored him we we're busy doing whatever we we're doing he said and, and he, you know so we came we started coming down like what's what's going on it was odd to for him to act like that and we come down the stairs and laid up on our sofa were two zebco combos nice right i i gotta imagine it, i was less than 11 years old i probably was seven maybe six probably seven somewhere around there and you know, if you guys, some of you guys might remember this. I don't know if they still sell them this way, but they were, it was like a cardboard, like packaging with cellophane, you know, but, and it had a, you know, fiberglass two piece rod with a Zebco spinning reel in it. And there was two, cause we had been spin casters. Dad yeah, yeah. had taken us. I had been fishing since I was four and we all, we all loved it. And, and, uh, our gear was very rudimentary and, uh, we were dad was giving us the upgrade right with two and we we walked down and we we're like oh my god <laughs> like this is the greatest day this is the greatest day ever and um i'll never forget i'm ripping those things open putting them together you know spooling them up dad helping us spool them up and uh of course we we're going fishing the next day nice you know so he wanted to go get us you know a surprise uh and best surprise ever dad thank you by the way he's 86 years old now and uh we'll be celebrating christmas with him uh you know in just a couple days so uh that was by far my 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 best gift i ever got and yours so, was a troll motor wrist yeah yeah i think well, that was the most impactful like at a age that i think i can like truly remember it yeah Cause like I, I always like I fished from like the time that I was little, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't remember having my first fishing rod cause it was just, right, right. it was always, it was either in my hand, yeah. whether it was my dad's or my grandpa's or whatever. Yeah. But like the, the trolling motor was like, I was a game changer. Cause like not only at that time did it allow me to, you know, go out and fish the lake that, that I was close to at school and like everything, but it also in the, in the fall and the winter, it allowed me to go duck hunting at new different places. And like, I just right. felt like I was free to the world, you know, it was mm -hmm. like throw the boat in the back of my truck and find a body of water and carry it in and go. <laughs> how about, how about you, Justin? What was the, the um, best fishing gift you ever received? Probably Epic Eric's river rat spinnerbait. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, seriously, probably. That, that was, was an important gift. spinnerbait, <laughs> by the way. That <laughs> was, um, that was like a, to everybody in this room. Yeah. I mean, we all benefited from that. Yes, we did. I mean, probably, probably a, tr a new troll motor. When I had a, when I had a little boat, I was gifted like an old troll motor from uh, somebody in red point. And I, loved it i was stoked about it right it was a hand thrust one but it was really old and uh i had so many problems with it like I, i'd be out i was only allowed to fish Caracove and north bay i wasn't allowed to go too far by myself north in the bay. bay yeah north bay rich is like <laughs> what like, are you yeah. talking about <laughs> that's south of red point <laughs> the, cove, the cove to the left he makes his own yeah. names up for <laughs> these places yeah it's guys. south of where we, we live and you're calling it north bay we don't, we don't know what he's talking about 
but <laughs> keep going. Sorry. North Bay Duck Pond. So I was only allowed to fish those two coasts on either side of Red Point. Mm. So I'd be out there and my troll motor would always break down or something. So when I got a new troll motor, I could explore and that's how i learned tides because i was only able to fish those two spots so i'd have to sit there all day long not get bites for five hours and then the tide would change and i would start to get bites so um yeah probably a troll motor or my first ever bait caster like an og shimano castaic with like the flipping bail that was my oh, first bait nice. caster. and uh i learned how to flip before i could even cast so shout out to ronnie for giving me that yeah that old shimano castaic Sir. Yeah, shout out to your parents for letting you go out on the bay by yourself, man. <laughs> I, was, well, I mean, I, I wasn't allowed That's to go That's a big far. body of water. I wasn't allowed to go well, far, but. Well. Would you let Jake? Uh, you know, I've. He's getting there. I, he's getting there. I'd, I'd be concerned about the bay because the bay can get so nasty. And, you know, being able to deal with that weather is just something you got to learn. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Jake's, Jake's ready. Jake's ready to go fishing on his own. Um. I see well, him running see, the trolling motor. When you guys fish tournaments together, I mean, you drop him in, and he weaves his way in and out of the boats at anchor. And, you know, if you've ever fished a tournament at anchor, you know how many there's boats going yeah. every single which direction. And Jake's calm as a cucumber on that trolling did, motor. Did I tell a story on the show about teaching him how to take the boat out of the water? <clears throat> oh, yeah. No. On the should. show? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I told you. Well, I'm teaching them, right? I told them how to use the trolling motor yeah. so I can launch them and yep. we can work together. And you're like, doing great. Jake, let's learn how to drive a truck. And now I want to teach him how to pull me out, yeah. you know, so we can work together as a team to do that. But he's only 14. And uh, so he's, you know, his feet just barely reached the pedals. And and anyway, I got him on the, on the launch ramp. Um, and I, you know, I got the boat on the trailer, but I'm going to go into the cab of the truck because I want to talk him through pulling it out and uh and i'm teaching them how to use the you know the brake and the gas and you know you gotta feather the gas you gotta hit that emergency brake and um and then ease it out don't you don't want to hit the throttle too hard you'll leave the boat and so he's taking his time he's listening to me taking his time pulls the emergency brake the boat the truck starts backing down the launch ramp, and I'm like, give us some gas, give us some gas, 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 gas. So I find myself now hollering at him. <laughs> so he does what I ask, and he hits that gas, he lights those tires up, and whoo, rips out of the rips out of the ramp. And I'm like, stop. And I'm and I'm like, all right, all right, let's first let's see if the boat's still there. And it's not. <laughs> we left the boat in the harbor it's drifting across uh the harbor and um and we learned an important lesson hey, at least it did at least it didn't slide down the ramp at least it ended up in the water at least it ended up in the water so uh anyway having fun teaching them how to do all this stuff this have cool. you got uh has jake taken his uh boater certificate course yeah no does he is he able to at 14 yeah i, I think so yeah i took mine when i was when i was super young and i remember being the the death of me but Ooh. why yeah why was it the death because it's a written test no it was online but i just um you know i'm not a great test taker okay probably well i have my boating license <laughs> rich is do you really like, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah i do i mean i rich i took when i was like probably 11 years old dude. wow so. i didn't realize you could get it that young yeah wow yeah i gotta i gotta look at that because 
he's probably supposed to have that before he's operating the troll motor by himself. You know, Byrne just said that he's stoked. His son just got his boater certificate. Yeah, that's, that's why I brought that up. Pretty awesome. And uh, Dave Galt is watching with us. He just he's recovering from a major neck surgery. He's hoping to get better by tournament season. We hope you get better too, man. Man, I hope so. I hope so. You got you got a little uh, winter time here to recover. So uh, use it wisely. You got to get out on the water. Byrne said you can be 13 years old in New Jersey. Okay. To get your license. And shout out to Chad Thomas. We said, what was your favorite Christmas gift? And he said, a Bashu membership. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it be. is. Got to be. It is. Cause, and if you're watching, go get a Bashu membership for yourself or someone else uh, that, you know, once you know that loves bass fishing, it's going to be the thing that they really want. They'll really use. Uh, especially if you're unsure about what to get, this is a tool that's going to help them become a better angler. So, and if you get and, a gift card, you could just print it out. So it's a last minute. It's a great gift. last minute gift card gift. It really is. And we also we have the uh, the gift box with your subscription right now, which is awesome. That it's all holiday pricing going on right now. Plus, you get the the lure pack, which is about a sixty dollar mystery lure pack with all this great stuff. Uh, from Bash U. Do you like surprises? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I do too. That's I'm what I'm saying. You know, it's like I, it's a mystery lore pack. I love yeah. that. It, you know, I I don't want to get surprised by a, 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 a copperhead at your feet, you or, know, walking you know, through the woods. Yeah. Or, or 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 a giant travel invoice you weren't expecting. Yeah. Oh. You <laughs> know? Or like uh, a I don't squirrel, like a squirrel I don't, eating your seats. I don't like those. <laughs> yeah. Or a squirrel eating your seats. But I like uh, <laughs> I like getting <laughs> uh I, I do like getting mystery tackle box. Yeah. And uh, wait, wait, what happened with squirrels? Oh, oh, eight through Pete seats. This was years ago. Oh, that was a nice surprise. Brand new bass cat in the driveway. Brand new. I mean, I don't that think I've brand new. I don't think I had an hour on the motor, and a squirrel decides to go in there and chew up my seats to make his springtime oh, bed or nest or something. <laughs> I would cry. He was burying his nuts. In oh man, man. So I went squirrel hunting for. A few months after that, <laughs> until we eliminated the problem. But, uh, but anyway, guys, go get yourself subscribed, like, and share the feed. We're still going to give you guys a, a, a cool prize for that, and we're going to be giving stuff away all day. It's it's going to be a fun show. We're talking about the the content that really changed uh, fishing. It changed a lot of people's fishing. Everybody learned a lot from this stuff, and it's it's as fishing evolves. The innovation of the speakers that were that are at Bash U is is intense. Uh, listening to it every single time, I listen to the different speakers. There's moments and sections where I didn't think about it that way. Mm. I need to incorporate that into my fishing. Uh, that's something that I didn't consider, and I've been doing this for thirty years. So if you had, you know, if if you want to advance your fishing, it's just amazing. And we're going to go through the top 10 uh, most impactful seminars for Bash U. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to be giving away stuff the whole show. So hang in there with us. Let, you, let us know what you're thinking. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this.
leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Cortland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915. Well, I have to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. We're back. Nobody's headset is on. Welcome back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, That's a great comment. Dave said, I would highly recommend joining BU. I'm 71 and always learning and get something useful. And therefore, Dave will get a beautiful Christmas gift from us <laughs> for that amazing comment. Thank you, Dave. And Chad. And Chad. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Jocelyn's keeping track. I'm going to keep giving this stuff away. Pretty much, guys, if you sign up for Bass University right now and you get on the message board and just say something <laughs> that has to do with fishing, you never know. travel expenses, whatever, we'll send you a prize. So it's a great reason to sign up. If you're not signed up on Bass TV, it's a great time to get involved. Plus, you get a mystery box, and then you get a chance at a golden ticket. A golden yeah. ticket. This is real. It. I love it. And did you – I didn't – I'm like, you're a genius, because this is Justin's idea, which is really cool. Uh, you guys seen Willy Wonka, 
Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Amazing movie. Get the golden ticket. You get the tour. You get to go through that whole thing. So, yes, one lucky person is going to get a $250 uh, gift pack, and we're giving away one to our subscribers yep. as well. So we're hooking you guys up, too. And the, there's a new movie out. Yeah, there's a new Willy Wonka There's movie a new out. Wonka movie. Yeah, oh, yep. it's called Wonka. I'm like, okay. what? I didn't even know that either, but hey. It's meant to be. It's meant to it's be. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. Not a Willy Wonka fan. They freak me out. I'm not either. I am 100 percent with you. The when Oompa I was a Loompas, kid, man. I hated that movie. They freak me out. It was scary. Yes, those orange men with green hair, just little guys running I around. I don't know if it's the OG one, but like when, the, like when the kid like turns blue and then the like yeah. all change. Violet. The, yeah, Violet turns I, violet. Yeah, I don't. And they, the one kid had to eat, ate too yes. much. Or yeah. The other movie that freaked up. me out was Wizard of Oz. Those monkeys, man. Nah. I was scared of the Mo Goonies for a long time. The Goonies? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> we digress. Not so scary at Bash University. <laughs> Helpful. And um, yes. I'm I'm excited about this list because, uh, if you had, like I said, you haven't watched this stuff, go back. This is the time. It's great. Off season is the time to get after it. Rich said to say something in the message board. Nick Mayberry wrote something. <laughs> Rich Hunt said something about fishing. All right. Both getting stuff. You're You're both getting stuff. We're both getting stuff. You could have been a little more creative. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it away, guys. Um, let's let's kick it off, Rich. We, You yeah. and Justin and Jason, um, who is our Wizard of Oz, the behind-the-curtain guy, Jason here. Um, mm -hmm. he have assembled this incredible list that's based on uh viewership um on bashu.tv as well as its impact on social with our uh our teaser clips so without any further ado who's number 10 oh we're gonna start from number 10 so yeah, like our that. number 10 is mr jay shakurit and for those of you that don't know jay is going into his third year on the bassmaster elite series he's a rookie of the year on the elite series and is also an elite series champion being the first one to break a hundred pounds of all smallmouth. He did that in 2022 on the St. Lawrence river. And the seminar that comes in at number 10 is the complete guide to drop shot bass fishing from Jay Shakurit. Let's roll it out. Fishing for smallmouth with a drop shot. I do not let the bait sit very long. Maybe, 10 seconds at max once it hits the bottom. When it hits the bottom and I see a fish follow it down to the bottom, I hold it there for a second. I'll maybe give it a couple of shakes. I'm sure you guys see all the Japanese guys nowadays. You know, they sit there and shake it for three minutes. That's not me. I can't sit there for five minutes in one cast. And, you know, I constantly have to be looking, seeing what's around me and things like that. So I'll let it go to the bottom, let it sit there. Okay, you let it sit there for max 10 seconds. What I'll do, instead of reeling it into the boat right away and making another cast, I'll reel it in as fast as I can, like 15 yards, and then I'll open up my bail again. You're bas basically what that's doing is you're doing another cast. If you think about it, if, if you're gonna cast in the same, say you're gonna cast in the same direction right at this camera I'm looking at. So you cast in that same direction, okay, you're gonna reel your bait in to make another cast but you're just gonna come up short. You're gonna come up short to where you just landed, so you are making another cast. What I'm doing is basically just reeling my drop shot in, opening my bail instantly, and I've made 
I can make three, four, five casts in one cast, if that makes sense. Awesome. Hey, he's such a hammer. I'm yes. not, he is a hammer. He's a killer, and he's just he's so relaxed. And this is um, calm, cool, and collected, man. Under all situations, and I'm I'm guilty of not drop shotting enough. So I love to pay attention to all the drop shot seminars from the greats, and and he's quickly becoming one of the greats. But what what a neat concept that you know that fall is such a powerful trigger mm -hmm. at all times. So he's getting two or three falls. Per cast. Yeah, it really is. And especially with the advent and the, you know, the the, it, the increasing nature of forward-facing sonar that we're seeing in bass fishing. I mean, so many times, especially fishing for smallmouth that we're seeing now is you'll be over 40 feet of water, but the smallmouth are only 20 feet down. They're suspended. They're on bait. They're roaming. They're pelagic. And when that drop shot falls, a lot of times those smallmouth will actually come up and catch your bait. Mm -hmm. So what he's doing with that is he's giving himself four five of the highest opportunity action presentations out of that drop shot to get a bite and not having to burn it all the way back in make the same cast again if he's seeing multiple fish on his on his forward facing sonar he's getting a crack at every single one of them if they follow reel it up drop it back down yes yeah that that's uh that's really clutch stuff there's a there's so much uh content there if you're like me um you know struggling with this technique and i think i'm rare that way i think most people get good at the drop shot first um and for me i you know it, it continues to be a, a a technique that i have to constantly work on but love jay jay's going to be back with us again this yes, year he is. um and what what's what are he's is he in shreveport uh jay is going to be in anderson south carolina anderson. with us uh Perfect. he's got two really awesome topics uh his first topic is, is is he's diving in on the shake bait uh, approach that the, the shake bait world that is the Demiki rig that's the Cindy mm, rig it's the yep. whatever you want to call it it is the forward facing sonar keep it in their face until you make them bite it approach mm. and so Jay's going to be diving in on that he really had a lot of success last year mm. on that technique especially at Lake Champlain put on an absolute clinic with that smeltinator jig head. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to dive in on that. And then his second topic is how to break down new water. This is a guy from Wisconsin that spends a ton of time on the road pre-practicing. In fact, as soon as he gets done our seminars in Anderson, South Carolina, he's flying home, getting in his truck, and he's driving down to Texas to pre-practice. So his second seminar is going to be how to break down new bodies of water. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait either. You're going to want to definitely um, pay attention to this guy because he's going to keep winning. Uh, but speaking of practicing – uh just uh we got we have ben milliken is going to be with us this year he's won toledo ben he made the elites he's going to be an elite competitor but he's going to the classic mm -hmm. and uh he's he's out there pre-practicing right now at that's a, awesome at a grand right yep. now yep. uh putting his work in and uh that that's really really cool to see i expect uh you know he's kind of from that area i don't know how much experience he has at grand but um that part of the country uh we we shall see but the boys are putting their work in sure uh i hope you get, the rest of the elite guys are ready for this new crop coming in they're going to be killers so and by the way what was your favorite seminar let us know uh what seminar you watched that that you learned something or incorporated something from bash university this year uh to go out and and do well uh let us know as we get we get feedback from ben who watches bash university and uh several others gray buck there's there's several other the top guys that 
um, spend time using Bash University to help their game. So what would you, would you learn? Would you like this year? From there, number nine. Let's move up to number nine. Number nine is going to be from really a true veteran and a legend of the sport. Uh, I would say. And that's Mr. Alton Jones. And Mr. Alton mm. Jones joined us last year. Uh, it was his debut on Bash University TV. Um, and he joined us last year in Texas. And he talked about bass migration routes, how to find and catch fish anywhere, anytime. Okay. Um, now, this is this is a, a gentleman that really made his hay and has, has come up through the ranks before the advent of forward facing sonar, before mm. the advent of, of side imaging, mm. before the advent of, of the the advanced mapping that we now have available to us. And Alton Jones breaks down his approach on how to find fish based on their migration routes. Um, in fact, that's how I won the Bassmaster Classic in 2008, is I found fish that were relating, relating to the very bottoms of the ditches in about 35 to 50 feet of water. And <clears throat> it's fish that were really overlooked. But it was, a, it was definitely a pathway that I was fishing. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay, next slide. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, let's talk about some pathways that bass use. The number one pathway in man-made reservoirs, like what we fish here in Texas, is creek channels. Okay, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a major river channel. You know, mo most of our lakes have like a river channel that runs through the middle of them, although that's a pathway too, and the fish will use it. But all the little feeder creeks that come in, if you'll ever notice, the best pockets that you go into on any lake are going to be the ones that have a well-defined channel. Now, based on our conversation, do you have any idea why that might be? Alan mm. Jones. Well-defined channels, Pete. Yep. Well-defined creek channels. What, what, what's your take on that? I, you, you have a lot more experience on the big reservoirs than than Justin and I do. What, what, why are creek channels so important? They're they're highways that the bait uses it, it it marks the depth change you know so the fish can you know they use it kind of a, as a guide to move into the shallows and to move back out um alton's been following those for a million years uh you know out on tour he was the absolute best choice to unload all of this uh, experience an observation about how bait moves, how fish move, how it uses the habitat. Uh, just a, a champion, a classic champ, uh, a winner on MLF side. <clears throat> and uh, excuse me, guys, I'm still I'm still getting over being sick a little bit. Uh, so he it was it was really refreshing and great first time to have him at, with the Bash University and uh, his command and understanding is a must watch it's an absolute must watch guys you you want to one of the things that we struggle with as anglers is is confidence and you we want to be confident once we get on the water that uh we're gonna have a chance to catch some fish right or we're if we're tournament guys we want to we want to be competitive and the, and it starts right there it starts with understanding the movements right the seasonal patterns how fish relate to habitat, how they move, you know, what depths you're going to be looking for fish in different water temperatures and different seasons. And this, this is the deal, guys. He's This is where you want to, this, this is the seminar that everybody needs to listen to. Everybody needs to study and learn from it. 
and thrilled. He was, he was with us at Athens, Texas this year. We've got Alton Jr. with us yes. uh, at Texas this year, who he trained and now has become a, a champion in his own right. And I look forward to having him a great with trainer us. from his dad. He sure <laughs> did. He, sh- he sure did. But that was a uh, must watch, guys. I, I'm giving all you guys homework. I hope you know that. And I'm looking at the IM board, and there's a, a couple things that I saw. And Howie talks about the PMA are his favorites, which mm. are great. And he, he put he, B-Lat and, uh, and Swindle, of course. And if you haven't seen it yet, Howie, you've got to go to the Stephen Browning seminar. Uh, what's what's the title on that seminar? Purpose Driven Angler. Purpose Driven that's Angler. The, that's the title on that. But really, the the concept is how to be the best angler that you can be from you know the mental approach to the preparation approach. And uh, Stephen just does a great job, um, really sharing with wh- how you got to be thinking if you want to be successful in the the sport of bass fishing. So that's definitely a must. And he is a it it, it is a PMA yeah, style approach. His approach is that way. If you've ever watched him uh, fishing, I mean, the chips are down and Steven's head's in the game. He's still doing positive self-talk. Yep. He's still going to dig himself out of the hole, make it into that cut. It's awesome to watch him uh, compete and really awesome to ha- have that seminar. So that's, that's one of the ones that stayed on repeat in my truck this year. Yeah. On the way to – and just like you said, when you know it's going to be tough, you know, mm-hmm. it would, it's it's April and we just got six inches of cold rain the night yeah. before. I'm listening to that one on on the way to the boat ramp. Hundred percent. Ah, that's awesome. That's that's great use of it, and he's a, a great teacher for that. So, so that was uh so Alton Jones must watch. There's your assignment. Everybody go watch that seminar. Take notes. It's it's going to help you uh, in the fishing the rest of your life. So uh, great. Great to have him. Mm-hmm. So we've had a we had a rookie, a real youngster, and a seasoned veteran that are are two of the most viewed seminars so far. What a what a great start on this list. Yeah, absolutely. And from there, we're gonna go to number eight, and that's gonna be fish lipless crankbaits 365, 24 mm. 7. And that seminar was from um a, he's not a he's we, we still can't call him you know a, a super young guy but he's not a really seasoned grizzly veteran yet but he's a winner he's a champion it's drew cook um drew cook gave us an awesome seminar last year in anderson south carolina about lipless crankbait fishing in all the different ways you can use that tool to make fish bite so let's check it out it's drew cook lipless crankbaits 365 24 7. i don't know if they eat it because they're actually hungry but that sound gets them to bite it and whenever they bite it they eat it like it's in the in the crunchers back there so you know and i think it's almost like a clack and buzz bait you know a clack and buzz bait whenever it's hitting the head you're reeling it you have these explosive bites and these big fish i don't think they eat it because they're hungry i think it just like pisses them off to where they eat it or you know it just they can't can't stand it being around uh so they have to bite it Trigger and a bite, man. Reaction strikes. That's what it's all about with that tool. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of this because I, I fish that bait probably more than a lot of people do. Where, where the 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 summertime is where I need to bring that back into my game. I'm big time fall, spring. That's a that's always on my deck. And uh, the 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 summertime applications are many. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and Drew Cook has got a unique perspective on his fishing. This guy is out of the box. Uh, you can see it in his sight fishing uh, prowess, and uh, he's a he's a killer. Um, got to go watch this. But I'm I'm you know coming in at number seven. Uh, I can see that, you know, the people that are watching Bash University TV, man, they're, they're all about the lipless baits too. Yeah. 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 That, it, you know, he, he was, he was a great instructor for us and it's, you know, he's going to stay in the mix with us. So stay tuned for a lot more, uh, Drew Cook seminars coming your way. And, uh, the number seven spot on this list goes to Mike Iconelli, mm. our very own Mike Iconelli. Shout yeah. out to Mike. And Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. Mike Iconelli, Bassmaster Classic Champion, Mike Iconelli, uh, AOY, Bass Nation Champion, the whole name. He's got every single one of them. So, um, the next one is going to be Ike, and that is how to beat the pressure. All right, this is something that we all deal with as anglers, right? Fishing pressure, okay. And we're not talking about the pressure of you got to win this tournament, we're talking about the actual pressure that a lake is receiving. There's boats all over the place. You can't get a bank to yourself. How are you still going to manufacture a bite? Let's see what Mike has to say about that. One of the ways to catch fish when there's a lot of pressure, and there's two of them, 100%. I don't care how you feel about this. I'm looking out at some of you guys. You are manly men. I'm looking at you. Very manly. I look at you're a manly man. Look at that beard. Look at that beard. And you look at that little wand and it's kind of like, huh, too manly for that little thing. But this is a great way to catch them when there's 200 dudes around you. I'm telling you, in my career, that thing has saved me more times when there's 200 dudes around you. And even if you're a manly man, and you love flipping and, and cracking them. And, oh, God, I love it. I love that. Shoot. I love that. Don't get me wrong. Dude, that thing will save you. Because when those fish are getting beat on, everybody wants to be Kevin and cranking and skeet. And everybody wants to emulate those guys with this and the power. But when that little finesse lore comes by and it's such an easy meal it's so unthreatening and nobody's doing it those other 200 guys man they're manly men they're big swim bait don't you know glide baits are in don't you know nah man that's how you're going to combat pressure wow (laughs) non-threatening that's well that's great seminar and we he's he has used that to a t yep and i I, it reminded me of a story when I first started uh, the top level at, at on the Bassmaster Top 100. And it's my first year. And I come, I'm a spinning rod guy, very proficient at it at that time. Shaky head was my tool at oh, that yeah. time. We didn't have stick baits uh, then. And um, so what I would do is I'd, I'd, you're in the mix with Brower and Kevin and Fritz and 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 Biffle and the all these power guys that you want to, like Mike said, you want to emulate them. And when I would be fishing down the bank 
and I'd have a spinning rod. I would put it down because I was embarrassed to be seen around these super giants. Right, right. Oh, I'm, personalities. I'm, I'm near you know? Brower. I'm probably on a really good spot. Let me put down the bait I'm using to catch them. <laughs> and that's, that's I would get it. I'm telling yeah, you, you. You get intimidated away from yeah. it. And you get intimidated. Where's in, my mop, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> not only that, but you get intimidated away from using a technique that you can score with, um, which is like you get to thinking, man, the only way I'm going to win is if I power up with a big bait. That's the only way I'm going to win. So you you start that. getting tricked into putting it away and putting it away. And, man, Mike is the, the master of using that as a cleanup tool, using it as the, how to deal with heavy fishing pressure uh, in many different ways. So um, if you're one of those guys that, you know, and we all love it, right? We're all power fishing guys. We all love that strategy and technique. But this is a this is a seminar for you to help you make sure you're incorporating that into your fishing. You have to. You have to. We oh, see yeah. it now with the forward facing sonar. It's it's an absolute must uh, in that situation and many, many others. So uh, what, what a great seminar. And Mike's such a good teacher. You can just hear him, his command and and of the audience and, and his the way he delivers a message makes yeah. you, makes you remember it forever. Threw a, threw a water bottle at me in that seminar. Yeah, to, 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 you probably needed to it to show a reaction. Ah, reaction. show a reaction. Yeah. Okay. So, did you get? Did you get? Did he get the right reaction? He got the they... right reaction. I, it was either catch it or, or it was going to hit me yeah. in the head. So yeah, he he made his point. Yeah, he definitely made his point. And I misspoke early because I thought we were on number seven, but Mike would came Mike in was at number seven. Number seven. Yeah. So yeah. must see. Go watch, TV. get Mike's finesse uh, seminar about how to deal with fishing pressure. I want to make a comment uh, and give away another gift. Uh, I want to okay. give I want to give away two gifts. Um, now nah, this is maybe so. Mark Edwards and Chad Thomas loving the kayak series Ooh. at Bash University. A lot of you guys are kayak guys. Um, yeah, we have the Bash University kayak that is. Uh, available uh on bash utv with new content being released all the time new content coming this friday what do we got coming whoa, this friday whoa did i just let the cat out of the bag there a little <laughs> yeah. bit yeah we got new content coming this friday from ross snyder's who that's right is an ultra champion in mm. uh the in, in the kayak world yeah. and this friday we're gonna be we're gonna be releasing ross snyder's forward-facing sonar strategies out of a kayak Talk this is me. not just a bass boat thing. Mm. Forward-facing sonar is here. It's real. It's here to stay. And guess what? If you're fishing out of a yak, you need to be dialed in on this thing, too, because it's putting fish in the boat. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be hitting the Bashu TV airways this week. Yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Great comments. Glad you guys are watching. We get that a lot from the kayak uh, world. A lot of guys are checking it out, and I'm glad you guys appreciate it. And, uh... That brings us up to number six. Who number do we? Who's six. who's next? Number six, guys. This one came in from the, the the social media waves, and we just could not let it go by because this guy just gets so much attention. He's a great instructor, gets so many eyeballs uh, on his content that we, we we simply had to bring it in, and that is the one, the only G Man Gerald Swindle, and this is a cold water cranking seminar. And if this is the clip, I think it is, he makes a really great analogy on how 
your baits need to act because of how bait fish act when the water gets cold. Let's check this thing out. When the water temperature is 48 to 49, you're not throwing square lip crankbaits. You're not looking for something down there going, Bleh! you're looking for a man that's going, I'm cold. <laughs> Dear God, I'm cold. I'm just going to swim up this rock and just sit here. If you took a minnow bucket, put minnows in it, went to Walmart, I'd do it with a goldfish. Take a goldfish, put him in a bowl, buy him at Walmart, take him home, set him inside. Room temperature, walk by there and bump the mold. That little goldfish will go, woo! <laughs> but the goldfish outside, walk out there the next morning and bump the bowl when the water temperature is 40 and watch what the goldfish does. <laughs> he cold. So why you want a crankbait going, ah! You don't. You're trying to match that action. You're trying to match that bare minimum action. A light wobble. So that's why you see the thinner wooden baits come into play so much in the wintertime. People say, what makes them so good? It's all about the vibration. The shad wrap from five, six, sevens, and eights, dude, there's so many variations and things to do with them. People ask, are there tricks to casting them better? 90% of the time when you're trying to cast a shad wrap with a bait caster, most people try to overthrow it. Action, action, mm. action. Love G. He just It's a great he, analogy though. It, well, it really he, is. It makes him a great teacher. He, yeah. Like people people laugh and they're having a good time and they don't even realize the 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 knowledge that just got dropped on them. Yeah. No, that's you know? like that's straight up just old school paying attention to how fish act and how mm -hmm. bait fish act in certain situations. And that I mean that that makes it that makes the point there itself. You know, mm -hmm. if it if the if if he put that bucket outside and it was 100 degrees that fish is going to act way different than if it if it was 40 so and they react differently to different tools and different times and uh, a great great seminar from gerald and um thrilled to have him back with us in class um down at uh gadsden alabama yes yes he is going to be in gadsden alabama right in his backyard so, guys, if you're in the Gadsden, Alabama area, February 3rd and 4th, come check us out. We will be there. Get the class, guys. It's going to be a great class this year. So, we look forward to seeing him. And what, what did he come in, number six? Came in at number six. Number who's, six. who's number five? Number five. We'll always love you. Uh, the versatility <laughs> of a chatterbait, a guide for every bass angler. Guys, the chatterbait is such an amazing tool for catching bass, right? If you if you don't have any in your tackle box, you need to get them. You're missing the boat, okay? Mr. Chatterbait himself is Stephen Browning. There might not be, or there probably <laughs> is not, as he would claim himself. Another person who has logged as many hours with him as him throwing the chatterbait. But it's not just one chatterbait. There's a lot more in the category. Let's see them. Somewhere between five and six fish, my fish that goes towards the heavy hitters has came off of a chatterbait. More than likely, it probably came off the jackhammer because that's just the one that I keep in my hands most of the time. But today, I want to talk a little bit about the jackhammer because everybody knows about the jackhammer. But the key is there are some other baits in this category that I use and I use a lot and I'm hoping that I can teach you guys a little bit something about those that you can carry on to the next level. We're going to go to the slide right here and these are what I call the stars of the show without a doubt. You got the jackhammer which is on the left hand side there. Number two is a bait that we call the Mini Max. The Mini Max is just a, uh, a little smaller compact version of it. Number three 
I think number three may be, should be, uh, the big blade. The big blade is one of those baits that I'll talk about a little bit later on that, that this time of the year is, is like a star, without a doubt. The stealth blade. The stealth blade probably gets the least amount of exposure from the entire family. But I'm going to tell you guys, it does play and it plays a big role in my fishing, especially on heavily pressured lakes. Uh, this time of year when you need to slow down, something that it's a, just a non-aggressive bait, but you still get that, that uh, chatterbait action. And then the little willow vibe down here on the bottom, without a doubt, if you don't have one tied on in the fall time of the year, in the winter time of the year, you're missing out, you're missing out in a big, big way out. And I had a big conversation about it. I probably shouldn't have let the cat out of the box, but I figured he was going to be around here listening anyway. So uh, I'll, just, I'll just spill my beans, so to speak. But those are the players. Those are the ones that, that I promise you, I have these three rods. They will be on my deck every day that I go fishing. Wow. Wow. Uh, it, it, the mini max I've incorporated, like me and me and Jake started running that around the lakes and ponds that, w that we fish when we're fishing from the bank. And I love that it, it fishes big for such a little finesse bait, but I haven't incorporated the, the others, you know, the big blade, that, that skinny bladed one, the, the, I haven't incorporated the, the this clear blade definitely has a place. What's that one called? The stealth, the stealth, stealth blade, blade. yes. Yeah, I, th I threw it for a, a little while. I have them, and it definitely has a place in heavily pressured clear water or mm. even cold water, clear water like reservoir type stuff. I need to get back to throwing that. Oh no, thanks, uh, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, and and Stephen breaks down with this each situation that he uses the particular blade and why. So, got you got to go check it out. Your I know you're a chatterbait guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a chatterbait by guy, but God, I am guilty of of all those chatterbaits that were dialed up, that yeah. were up on that screen. Man, I only throw one of them. I mean, yeah. I like you said, I have I have four of the five that were up there. I don't have any of the willow uh, the willow vibes, but I can definitely see the, the the place in that as he's as he's going through, especially in the seminar. If you watch it, he'll talk about his applications to how he uses each one of those different kinds of chatterbaits and mm -hmm. whether whether you fish the exact same types of body of water that he's talking about or not, what happens for me, and I feel like a lot of people learn the same way is he'll make a, um, he'll make a, a, a relation to a certain body of water that he's used it on. And then something will click in my head. And I'm like, why have I not tried that in this scenario? Mm -hmm. Right. What, what, I mean, if they're eating a, if they're eating a blade bait, why won't they eat a little willow bot mm -hmm. with a little swim bait on there? Yep. Huh? I, you know, so, there's so much more to throwing chatterbait than just throwing the one. I'm guilty of it. I only throw the jackhammer. I need to. Expand. I do not have the willow blades. I've never felt them. And I, I remember him. I remember sitting in on the seminar. He's like, "You're not going to believe the way that thing feels and looks in the water." And I and I, at the during the seminars, and I, oh, I got I got to go give that yeah, a go, right? And I I have yet I didn't do it this year, but uh, I'm going to go check that out. There's so much more to fishing a lipless bait than you can imagine. And uh, like Stephen said himself, he's logged more hours than any human <laughs> with that weapon. I mean, Pete, uh, I've heard this story a few times from from listening to Eric on the podcast, but he's got that story about that little JDM one, different color, mm. different vibration, and how uh, 
it played a role when you guys were out fishing before. Sometimes that little little difference matters. Maybe it's the color, difference. maybe it's the vibration. I don't know. I'm I'm probably gonna end up ordering all a bunch of different chatterbaits after this. Yeah, I know. I know we I know we all are. Um but I, I love those uh I love that seminar. Looking forward to having Stephen back in the class this year. He'll be back with us in Athens, Texas. By the way, get yourself tickets to the classes. Go over to the bashuniversity.com, get tickets. Um, I just want to go through some of this. Jocelyn is starting to do work over here. Uh, Richard Hunt, you got the new prop nut nice. eliminator from TH Marine. I thought um, it was going to be a surprise. Well, I'm, it, it, it's, a surpri it's a surprise Cat. now. Uh, Dave, Coach Prince. You're getting an eliminator too. Um, and this Heck is yeah. whoever's getting this is a man after my own heart because I needed <laughs> uh, a little help in this area. But Nick Mayberry is getting the G Force handle. Um, and we called the Dean handle. <laughs> if you didn't send me your address yet, that's why you haven't been given a prize. That's right. Send Jocelyn your address. Email it, right? Yes. Dean's I office at thebashuniversity.com. Yep. And uh, and we will hook you up. We got, we got a lot more stuff over there. We're giving it all away today for our holiday uh, event. Great seminar, Stephen Browning. Can't wait to see you in a couple months or a month, really. Uh, who's next? Next up, we got Mr. Scott Canterbury. And Mr. Scott Canterbury, his seminar was bass fishing around the spawn, right? There's a lot of phases to the spawn. Mm. That can be the bass spawn. That can be yep. the bluegill spawn. That can mm -hmm. be the shad spawn. And he has a really interesting thought on why each one of those phases of the spawn occur and what their purposes are, right? He understands why each phase of the spawn is going on and which you know who which, which animal or which which fish benefits from it from it the most guys this is a bassmaster angler of the year this is an FLW champion coming off of another great year on the elite series had a had a top 25 in the AOY points this year he's going to be back in the classic almost won the classic mm -hmm. last year after yep. he was in the after he was in the classroom with us i'm taking some credit for that scott uh, <laughs> we pushed it into that great classic spot but anyway this is Bass fishing around the spawn with Scott Canterbury. I would say that the shad spawn, the bluegill spawn, is Mother Nature's way of sort of helping a bass out. You know, the spawn is a real tough time of year for a bass. They're up there, they stay. A male will stay a week to 10 days, sometimes on a bed, and they don't eat much at all. So it's, it's a stressful time of year for them. It's a lot of work. And then now then you got a lot of people catching them that time of year. Shad spawn comes around. It's an easy meal for them. And, uh, you know, you're gonna, we're going to target them with, you know, uh, we're going to target them with white baits. We're going to go white. We're going to, even if I'm flipping grass, it's going to be white. If I'm fishing swim jigs, it's going to be white. Anything that imitates a shad, a spinner bait's a really good bait. That time of year, keeping it up high in the water column. Um, jerk bait still works pretty good. But you want to cover a lot of water during that shad spawn, you want to fish a spinner bait, swim bait. And a and a uh, swim jig. That's a that's a, a wonderful observation. Mother Nature's way of helping the bass out, uh, giving them easy feeding opportunities once the spawn is over. Right, uh, coming from the mind of a, a of an amazing angler. Uh, great stuff. The shad spawn is something that I continue to study. Um, you know, it's such a big deal, especially as you get down into the world of the thread fin. Right, and uh, a little bit just south of where we're at 
you got the Threadfin, the, the Herring spawn, and then you have the Gizzard Chad, which is op operates a little differently, right? Right. You know? the, the importance of the Shad spawn. I mean, how many <clears throat> tournaments a year do we see where the Shad spawn? It may not be an all-day program. It may not be an all-day thing. But if it's going on, the you, guys that get on that that chat spawn and they get on the, yeah. the right group of fish that's on that chat spawn, you got it. Look out! I mean, they're gonna they are gonna fill their live wells up with bigs, and they're gonna do it in the first hour of the tournament because they are on that chat. Check spawn. this out. Uh, this year at the Open uh, on Bugs Island, uh, we had a big rain event come in, and it was real muddy water where we were taken off from. The lower lake was clear. I'm, I'm telling you this because it surprised me. Uh, I thought the mud, the heavy mud coming in absolutely would wipe out the bite because it was clear days before. Now it's extremely off-colored. Well, the guys that – a couple guys that had tremendous success ignored that mud because the shad spawn was happening. Wow. And the shad spawn overpowered the, the negative of water color change. Wow. And um, – the, uh, the one of the, one of the key ones was right at takeoff, right at takeoff. Um, Matt Henry, um, the pulled up with the riprap first thing in the morning, low light and absolutely unloaded on fish in muddy water off of shad spawn while the rest of us were scrambling for clear water running away from it mm. and got it done in the first hour because that's what happens like as the sun comes up the thread fin dissipate they become deeper and uh and we're actually going to be talking about this in a little bit uh with one because i know i know who the winner of our uh seminars this year was and he talks about this so we're going to keep that secret to the end <laughs> but how they get deeper is such a critical component yep. of the shad spawn but scott is a great thinker uh he's you, you, a lot of you guys see him like uh on youtube he's with scott martin they're doing the, they're following uh the tour the elite tour uh which is is really cool to see him be part of that glad he's part of bash university he's a great mind and a great champ you want to check out uh, Scott Canterbury whenever you can, and we've got a lot of content with him, so so go check that out. Who's next? Man, we're <laughs> cracking into the top three now. Uh-oh. Uh, the next, and you guessed it, it's another champion on the list. Uh, shallow Water Big Three, and the Shallow Water Big Three comes to you <laughs> none other than the man, the myth, the legend, who will be back in the classroom with us again this year, Mr. Greg Hackney, my God, the I, I don't know any other way to call it, but the privilege of of filming with Greg this year down in his home state on the water in Louisiana. And we got to learn about shallow water. Big three with Greg Hackney, the man. What a stud. That's just always a stuff that needs a little extra time. You know what I mean? Because it's. It just has a tendency to isolate those fish. They like stuff that's different too. You know what I mean? Like everything looks exactly the same, even though the bottom is the same. Like it's flat as a pancake out here. So you're always looking for something different. That's the biggest complaint I hear about guys who go to Florida the first time or go to Okeechobee. They're like, it all looks the same, but it doesn't, you know? 
Now see that fish, I think is a female. Looks healthy, but let's make sure she doesn't have a big old tail sticking out of her mouth. Yeah, it's like watching an artist at work. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Our first fish catch on the top ten. Uh, <laughs> that's the first on water we broke out there, but that's right. Um, and I, we we love to do the on waters and and uh, get these guys out in, into the real world, uh, applying these lessons. Um, the the classroom lessons are phenomenal, uh, and I love to have the combination of both. It's great to be able to work with. Uh, with um, Greg and, and the folks from Lou's out there at the event this year. Uh, so that was awesome. He's, he's a, to me, I call him the natural. Mm -hmm. Like he is just a, a, a tremendous thinker. The way he thinks about fishing is unique. And, uh, and I love to, to listen to him. And if you listen intently to bat to uh, Greg Hackney, you're, you're going to, you're going to learn things. You're going to see things a little bit differently and get yourself to an, to a different level because it's, he had, not only is he fantastic at being able to do it himself, but he's a really, really good teacher. Yeah, he really is. And the, the thing with Greg is, is he, he just has such a complete understanding of, of wildlife, of fish and, and, and why certain things work. And, you know, with that being said, he, he has the ability to keep things so so simple inside of his wheelhouse because he has supreme confidence that he understands what these fish should be doing. So so the shallow water big three for him it was a it was a frog for his top water uh, choice of bait, and that was because he can do a lot of different things with it. He can work it slow, he can work it fast, he can weight it, he can keep it he can keep it light. There's there's so many different things you can do to a frog to make it act differently. His uh, his next choice was a swim jig uh, swim jig. Same reason through your different sizes, your different trailers, your different colors, your different actions. You can make a swim jig do a lot of different things. You can make it match a shad. You can make it match a bluegill. You can make it match a crawfish. Just a lot of different things you can do with it. And then, of course, Greg being Greg, there's got to be a pitching and flipping bait mm -hmm. in there. He's he's got to have that 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 flipping and pitching bait. Yes. And if you if you watch this seminar, you will just see how fluent Greg is with 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 what he's doing and it allows him to think about what's going on because there's no, there's, there's no questioning him. Am I going to make the right flip? He, he already knows he's going to. So all he's thinking about is what those fish are doing. It truly is a, uh, a special thing to be able to watch and witness when you, when you're in the presence of people that are in the best, that are the best in the world at what they do, it is always impactful. It is impactful. You will become a better shallow water angler. You got to watch. No doubt. This is number three. Number three. And he'll be with us in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana this year, guys. It's a, another packed room uh, over there in Shreveport. So come by and see us if you can. You're not going to want to miss that. But become a better shallow water angler. Check out Greg Hackney's seminar. What's number two? Number two. Man, number two is this is like face right in the front of the industry what's going on what's being talked about what everybody either loves or mm. hates or you're in the middle or guess what you better learn it because it's here and this is chasing bass with forward facing sonar and this seminar is by brian schmidt who is a sneaky sneaky 
really good guy with his electronics. And I think a lot of that, what, why Brian is so fluent and so good with his electronics on his boat is because when he's not bass fishing, he's, he's, he's chartering for striper and he's always locked in on his, his electronics, his screens. This one is focused on the forward facing sonar aspect, how to use that to put more fish in the boat. Just let's roll it. Let's see it. Let's when you're doing this technique, you're loaded. Bail open, line in your finger. I mean, it's you're you're looking, you're ready, and as soon as you see it, you gotta throw it. You know, it's a big, big deal. I think, you know, if you can see them before they know you're around, you're gonna catch a lot more too. So it's a stealthy kind of deal. Like when they're out there 80, 90 foot. Like I run my I run my live scope on 110. I run the LVS 34. I got 110 feet out. I can see a fish easily at 100 foot. Can I make a cast that far? I don't know, but at 80, 90 foot, absolutely. And if I get one in that zone, I'm throwing to it. This is smallmouth, largemouth, and spots. So just keep that in mind. You got to be ready. Have everything ready. A lot of times too. If you're dealing with smallmouth, multiple rods ready. So this rod's in my hand. I have another one sitting right here with everything done, open, and you know, so I could grab it as quick as quick as I could and throw it back in. Smallmouth are famous for fighting hard, tearing your tackle up, tangling tackle. You get fortunate sometimes, and you'll notice this with live scope. You caught one, you only saw one on your live scope. Well, once you start reeling him in, there's a couple more with them and they'll, they'll come sit right under the boat. But by the time you get that first one in, everything's tangled, you lost your bait, now the rod ready to go. Little deal there. And it's interesting, right? We just saw this. Yeah. We saw this because we took this on-water seminar, which was so popular uh, by everybody that watched it, and we, we went on the water with Brian just a few weeks ago. It's in the editing uh, suite right now being worked on. It's going to be released soon where we actually get to see him implement these techniques. And I hear I hear a lot of stuff. People talking, oh, you know, Ford, it, it, it's just one bait. It's, lim it's, it's eliminating versatility. And watch Brian work it and other guys work this technique, you'll realize it's not further from, nothing could be further from the truth. He's got a mul multiple rods rigged, just like he said, and ready to go. Ready, ready to go. The, you got to change quick. That is the, the, I think, the big takeaway from that. I mean, there's so much more in the whole seminar, but mm -hmm. if from that from that clip, that is the takeaway, is that they're ready. The, your drop shot weight isn't through an eyelet. It's not your drop shot weights down there on the clip. No, that that sucker is hanging we, from the rod. We tip. saw it from we saw it when we were in the boat with him. It is hanging from the rod tip and those rods are strategically placed so that if 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 he needs to reach down and grab one, there's no question of where it's going to be. It's my left heel. Boom. Got it. Make the cast to the fish. It's all about efficiency. And and, you know, this guy's a, a, one of the best in the world at doing it. So that's that's key. Being able to grab the 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 right rod for the job. Yeah. If. If the if you're firing the drop shot and you get a negative response or no response, boom, he's going right yep. over 
to to the shake technique right and no no response following the fish where is it going to where you know trying to predict where it might be grabbing a power bait or another tool and getting over there jerk bait um surprisingly a lipless bait is one of his yeah. uh, important tools with this strategy but he's a sneaky good he's a, he's he's a super champion he wins so many tournaments Really uh, in both the Bassmaster and uh, the the MLF side uh, over the years at a rate that you just don't see. And he's just such a mi nice, mild-mannered guy that um, people don't really – see, sometimes he slips under the radar right. about how good this guy is. Yeah. And he's done it with Sonar. Like, you wouldn't think, oh, Brian Schmidt, you know, he's a tidal water guy. He's, he's you know, good with flipping frog, and that's probably his, you know, his strength. He is good with all of it. He's so good with all of it, and he's so good with his electronics. Uh, no surprise, this came in at number two, guys. And I want to, I want to challenge you guys. Number one's coming. What is it? What's your guess? What What is your guess at number one? While we're while we're giving <laughs> while we're giving some people a chance to guess, there, I gotta throw a little, uh, you know, a, a tidbit or whatever. I don't, I don't know. With Greg, we used to have Greg's little corner of like his secret tips or whatever. Um, so we were talking about rod, uh, rod placement on the deck of your boat and, and rod selection and knowing to reach down and grab the right rod. Sneaky little thing that you can do. Uh, if, if you're running all the same kind of rod and you have this basically the same kind of reels, it's hard to look down sometimes and realize, okay, this is my, I need to grab the chatterbait with the gold blade right now, or I need to grab the chatterbait with the silver blade or the one with the, with the, with the painted black blade. They make painter's tape, okay? It's painter's tape. It doesn't doesn't gum up your your rods, but they make painter's tape in multiple different colors. They make it in red. They make it in blue. They make it in yellow. They make it in white. Color code your rods at the butt of your rods, and instead of having to look down and look at what kind of bait is on your rod, you can have yourself trained to say, okay, the blue grip, the the blue painter's tape, that's my flipping. That's my flipping rod. Yeah. The 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 silver the silver painter's tape. That is my that is my flipping rod with a half ounce weight rather than a quarter. Or the yellow, that's my chatterbait. The 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 white, that's my chatterbait with the silver blade. There's there's things you can do. That's just something I've done over the last few years. It's worked for me. You guys might like it. Try it out. That's awesome. I, uh, I I've seen guys do different things like that. Uh, Shaw Grigsby actually showed a deal where he in his rod locker he has different colors for uh, the different rods. Like yeah. you know maybe crankbait rods are red and you know drop shots or black or whatever but that cut that color code that's that's mm -hmm. pretty interesting because every you know everybody see you know we some people see things and you, you relate colors to something it just it's something that's worked for me so guys try it out it might might work for you i have to figure out how to grab a rod without hanging every single other rod <laughs> on the deck of my boat <laughs> at the same exact time it's it's impossible i've seen people do it they just reach down and grab the one they want and uh, for me, I need Justin in the boat to help me every time, even when we're filming. I'm like, uh, this one's tangled with five rods. Help, please. What do you got, Jocelyn? Um, whoever guesses, I thought we would give away the good prize. Uh -huh. A really big prize. Mm. I, I, I see a couple guesses. But that's not the right one. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's not. It's a, it's a surprise. I don't think anybody's going to get it. I don't think so. A little bit so of a sleeper. Yep. But it tells you what people want to learn about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, how, how long are we going to give it? I think we're I think we're going to have to just roll it out. Roll it out. 
Roll it out, man. Number one. Number one, number one. By the way, great guesses, guys. Not the not the right one. Right. Okay, here we go. Number one most viewed Bash University seminar of all time of the year is Keith Combs Offshore Bass Fishing Hotspots Year-Round Proven Strategies. And that is the key to this is proven because Keith Combs, that dude fishes offshore all the time, right? It's it's just it's it's what he does. We we know that if there's if there's an offshore bite that's going to be going on, Keith Combs is going to be in the mix. He's going to be he's going to be at, up towards the top of the leaderboard. And you know what the amazing part of this? Offshore doesn't always mean deep, mm-hmm. right? Offshore can be a lot of different things. Just because you're not beating the bank and you're not looking at the you're not looking at laydowns and in a grass line that's 10 feet off the bank. You may be able to look at some of that same stuff, but way out in the middle of the lake. And Keith Combs breaks down how he does that. He breaks down some of the strategies on where fish are going to be certain times of the year offshore and really how to target them in all phases uh, of the year, whether that's pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, wintertime. He, he, he gives up the juice on all of it. Number one, here we go. Kind of the approach we're going to go through is uh, break offshore fishing down into seasons. So we'll talk about, uh, you know, what we're going to do like right now in, in the pre-spawn kind of winter phase. And then we'll go into summertime fishing, fall time fishing, and in wintertime fishing. Um, and after every little uh, season, we'll talk about, you know, some of the baits and techniques a little bit more in depth. So uh, I, I would consider January kind of a, a merge between wintertime and the pre-spawn. So uh, because... I say that because, like, just just for example, like uh, fished the tournament this past week at Rayburn. Uh, a lot of the smaller fish, they are moving shallow on the warmer days. They're thinking about getting in there and making a bed, but the big ones are still setting out deep. So it's wintertime, but it's still kind of a pre-spawn. Um, some of the things that, that I'm looking for when I think about pre-spawn fish is going to be uh, deep water access, and you'll hear that a lot when you hear just about anybody talk about fishing. Uh, that's a lot of times very important. Great, great stuff from the mind of one of the best offshore anglers that has ever done this. And uh, not, you know, coming in at number one because I think I think most people um, are a little confused. Yeah, and right? you know what? Deep water access—that is. Mm-hmm. I think I have an idea of why it's so important, but I'd like to hear yours as well. I mean, one of the things that really stood out to me, what he said there is that in that winter time, it's not quite pre-spawn and you get a warm day, warm afternoon, the little ones will go, right? The little mm. ones will say, all right, let's, let's go ahead and move up. But the big ones hang back because mm. of the deep water access. Is it just because they're smarter? Is it because they're not? They want to follow the bait. What's going? What, you know, what? <laughs> what's your take on that? Uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's an interesting question. You know, because I, sometimes they are the last to pull up. Um, deep water access to me is is the the bait needs deep water access, right? Bait can get they get up in the shallows. It starts to get pummeled by uh, by predators and it's, it's survival technique is to get deep, right. Is to get offshore, get pelagic, get away get from to where Keith is fishing, <laughs> get to where Keith is fishing. Uh, and you know, forcing the predators to chase them. 
you know, in open water where it's a more of an even playing field. Um, you know, so I think that's the, the, the biggest driving force behind that, uh, you know, big fish holding back to the spawn. I don't, you know, the, the deep water access is, is also a protective in that you get massive cold fronts, big winds, right? You need to be able to get to a safe spot, right? Uh, to be able to just hunker down, wait for the fronts to, to go through and then continue about your, your spawning business. Such an interesting right. um, thing that he talks about there. He also addresses in this seminar, the shad spawn, which we talked about earlier. And that's why I, I wanted to bring it up again, because the, he follows that shad spawn off the points in, as it goes deeper, it will be on the bank. And then those groups of shad will, will move out deep and they typically will be found on points, which was really a little bit enlightening to me. I, I it's all enlightening to me, but I, I think that's the key is a lot, a lot of people get confused. <clears throat> wow. It just is, it's occurring to me. There are two seminars in this top 10 list that, that enlighten us as to what the bait fish and the predators are doing through the seasons. And that's Alton Jones's mm-hmm. seminar uh bass fishing highways and then keith combs uh offshore habitat as as little bit as well as uh canterbury's too with the with the with the shad spawn that's right that's another bait yep. fish yep. Bait fish deal he talks about the use of uh his 360 uh his lake master all the the hummingbird tools that that he uses to be the the best offshore yep. angler on the planet so he doesn't like to find one or two fish yep. he likes to find groups of them yes and that's that's oftentimes what you can find when you get off the bank yep he tells an interesting story too about adjusting to um to triggering strikes and uh he there was a lot of fishing pressure going on i think it was on lake fork or somewhere and then and they were catching them on on fives and sixes the series fives and sixes and um and in order to like a typical solution would be going finesse he went bigger he went bigger with that. Was it size ten that strike came makes? Yeah, ten uh, XD ten. Yep, Deep. and yep, 10 XD. to be able to trigger strikes from fish that were heavily pressured, so it can go the other way too. Uh, you can get them done finesse or power it up. But outstanding. Listen, this I'm listen to this top ten list. Study it. You will be a better angler in twenty four. I promise you. Uh, it's going to give you some tools to work with. You're looking at me, Jocelyn, like you got something going on over there. No. no. You, she's busy. Yeah. She's busy, busy. I see some more uh, note, sticky notes going on over here. So we're going to be, uh, she's going to be shipping a lot of this stuff out with the Bashu. And Kate will be doing taking mm-hmm. care of a lot of that for us. Shout out to Kate. Guys, uh, what a great what a great list. We appreciate all the guys that were part of Bash University this year. We're building and crafting uh, some more cutting edge strategies and techniques that we're going to be filming uh, this year. We're filming constantly uh, with the best anglers on the planet, giving you giving you the instructors that you can count on, um, cutting through the crap, cutting through the noise that you can find uh, anywhere uh, out there on the Internet right now. We're, I can promise you when you're watching Bash University TV, you're going to be watching uh, the best anglers in the world teaching some really, really valuable uh, techniques and strategies that are going to help you. They're going to help you become a better angler. 
that's what we got going on over here. We are going to be in class pretty soon. I don't think we need to take a break, do we, guys? Um, no. Do trivia question? Unless Rich has got one on up the top. I got one, but go with yours. All, All right. right, we we got we got a trivia question. We're going to be giving away yep. this uh, LED lighting kit from TH Marine. Ooh, awesome, nice, nice awesome kit little right kit. There. Put that on the. If Honda. nobody wins it, I'm taking it home. Trivia question is going into the. Bash you chat board right now. Into the board. I'm checking this out. And our like and share winner I want to win is this trivia. Duke Navy. Duke. Duke Navy. <laughs> what up, Duke? Duke. That's our boy. What up, Duke? You to me. Do you know Duke? I do know Duke. Huh. We all know Duke. Good deal. We, uh, we also had one of our, well, Justin's busy working over there, but I can't believe he's I'm still ready. fishing tournaments over here. This hey, time if I can here. get on the water, I'm getting on the water. Yeah. You, you were doing some uh, forward-facing sonar work and yep, yep, working with some blade bag. baits. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a grind for us, uh, for everybody. A little dirt, but um, that water clarity really messed them up, it it seemed like, from talking to everybody. but uh, Not going to be any better this week. Nah, it's another three <laughs> inches of rain. Oh, uh, the, man, we got crushed on the bay, Pete. Like, yeah. my, my road on Monday morning was like a river. <laughs> that It's crazy. Lake X out, out the window here was over the banks. I'm like, we need to get out there and flip bushes. Seriously. Even in the winter. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good trivia question. Jason Christie says, if the water is in the bushes, please go flip bushes. Yes. Always go flip the bushes. Okay, the uh, trivia question is in the chat. Uh, it's got it's got to be all in one message, guys. Yeah, don't, don't all send in order. Um, <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah, <laughs> do it all. Do it all in, in one uh, one message. message. <laughs> and if you can just list the name anglers, if nobody can get the anglers and the seminar, we're we're, we're just going with the <laughs> the anglers. Tough one. You better been listening. Better, uh, I don't know. Better did, write your notes. Did we give Chuck Fish a gift yet? Because I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> If we didn't, you're getting something, Chuck. I think you did. So. <laughs> yep. Listen on one message. But, yeah, going back to uh, fishing. Yeah, it was tough. But the bites we got were good ones. And you know how it is with those blade baits. You two know. It's, sometimes they're just barely nipping at it. And you can lose them. Um, but, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Awesome. Pretty fun day, man. Can't complain ever being on the water with the bass broker. Uh, <laughs> Harry Nurk. Harry Nurk. Howie wants a raffle hat. Howie, which hat? The white one or the wow? Blue one? Getting it. Howie gets to choose. I like it. I like it a lot. Why do we have a uh, subscriber oh, yeah. that we sub can feature? So we're, we're going to the sub of the week, and this is uh, uh my buddy, uh, Kutztown University bass fishing president. Kyle Livinghouse rocking the Bashu kayak hat with a nice small mouth. Wow. BU kayak hat. Okay, okay. Yeah, got the BU kayak hat on. Where did you catch he's, that? He's man? a kayak yeah. guy. That's uh St. Lawrence River. Nice. Yep. Yep. So shout out, Kyle. You the man, brother. We are we are looking forward to um this year. We're gonna be back at the St. Lawrence River. We've got uh we've got a really cool thing going on with the Bash University, really, the whole crew. Is going oh, yeah. to, to fish the um, Toyota series on Thousand Islands. Jocelyn, we entered you too. <laughs> um, <Signed> up. Just, <laughs> oh, just throw I can't me in. Wait. <laughs> We've uh, 
it's going to be a fun house. Ike's going to be with us at the the Potomac, um, and a few others. And you know, check it out. We'll be keeping you guys posted, and I'm going to force Rich to give midday updates. Um, I'm going to need you... Justin as my <laughs> practice partner every day for that. Day. <laughs> I've been dreaming about going back to the St. Lawrence. I I you wait. love that up there. I yeah I because as a co angler, you know, especially if. We're not running out to the to the mouth of the lake. I can just drift in the back of the boat and do my thing. That's awesome. I'm pumped. I'm me too. I'm excited too. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Which one are you most excited about, Pete? You know, it's a great question. I love them all. The, the Potomac is amazing. Thousand Islands is is my, one of my favorite places. Lake Champlain and Lake Champlain is my favorite lake. Uh, I look forward to them all. But you know what? I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to fishing out of Messina because I don't have any time on that piece of water. Um, you know, in the Messina area, from Messina really down to to where the river opens up. You know, I have I just have so little uh, time on that water. So I look forward to exploring it. Uh, you know, d- trying to dig out those big river smallies. Yeah. That that live up there. They're so. definitely there, especially when you get into the late. We're going to be in there. What September or is it August? August. August. End of August. Get, we're getting close to it. You know. Yeah, I mean, in our there. BFL guys were c- catching big sacks out yeah. of the river. So yeah, I'm I'm most excited to, for the practice of Lake Champlain. Yeah. <laughs> just that lake is just so big, and there's so much. I'm I'm excited to. Explore it. Explore it some more. I'm yeah. not excited because all three of you will be out there. I know. <laughs> I know. We got to work that out. We, I'll be, I'll we didn't. We standby. didn't account for that. You know. I'll be on standby. We got, mm-hmm. we, we got to figure that out. Jocelyn, we gonna. <laughs> all right, Jocelyn, take care of everything. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> all right. So nobody's getting a trivia question. I'm Which surprised is very by disappointing. this. Nope. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Names. I'm not. What's going on the Bass Cat? Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Appreciate you being part of Bass U. Um, we are going to be off next week <laughs> as the our offices are closed, and we're going to be circling back in the beginning of January. I uh, want to wish everybody watching uh, a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, a Happy New Year safe um you know wonderful time with your families and you know look forward to seeing all the cool gifts that you guys get for the holidays so hope hopefully you get a chance to fish if you if it's warm enough to fish where you're fishing that's awesome and uh if not check spend some time with bash you get yourself to study up become a better angler and hopefully we'll see in in the classroom at one of our events this year so happy out are we good Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hold on. Well, all right. <laughs> I, I, holidays, saw, I saw something going happy on. Happy holidays. I know happy New Year's. Uh, yeah. All of us. <laughs> all of us, including our man who's not here. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs>